Welcome back to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. You get two episodes in one week. We've been putting in the work this week to get you the best information to be prepared for your fantasy team. Just wanted to start, you know, getting in the flow of potentially putting two episodes out a week. Uh, Obviously, life throws curveballs at us, and I can't promise that I'll be able to do that every week, but I'm going to do the best that I can. I want to try to make these episodes tighter, lighter, and just more impactful. Um, For example, I think reviewing every matchup in each game from Sunday doesn't necessarily give you the analysis that you're looking for from a fantasy perspective because you don't need me to recap the games. You can go on YouTube and watch the recap or look at the box scores. So I think moving forward, I'm going to give you our breakout player analysis and, you know, who is the best fantasy football players and, you know, package it up that way as opposed to what I did with the last episode. So thanks for bearing with me. Thank you for subscribing, downloading, reviewing five stars. Uh, Just, you know, helps helps this show get out there, helps us build a community. Follow us at FSM underscore fantasy on Twitter. Go on phantomsportsindustries.com for more in more of those, you know, the stories of your favorite sports leagues. We want to continue to be a resource for you. We keep continuing to add new stuff, new content, new podcasts. So we're just trying to keep growing here, keeping that growth mindset going. So um, like I said, this is a labor of love for all of us. We enjoy bringing this stuff out to you. And with that being said, I'm your host, Brandon. Let's get into it. This is the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. So let's do a quick synopsis of our all fantasy for week two. This was obviously we all know um, who were the dominant players in this week um, and the lion's share for this all fantasy week two team comes from the match between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. Lamar Jackson probably finished top QB in most league formats. Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones were top two running backs this week. Stefan Diggs taught one of the top receivers because Gabe Davis was out on Monday night. Next up, you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Remember, we do three wide receivers, two tight ends. Then Mark Andrews in the tight end spot. Darren Waller for Vegas. And then in the flex, all fantasy, but you probably didn't flex them. Amon Ross St. Brown. Then defense, all fantasy this week, goes to the Buccaneers. And then kicker, Graham Gano. Then if we want to look at our breakouts for week two, we had quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Um, nobody, I mean, we knew that he was better, but we didn't know that he had that second half in him. So for that, we'll give him all breakout week two. Then in the running back spots, Brees Hall. Tony Pollard, most people have already 
been on Tony Pollard, but this week he really helped push people over the edge in their matchups. Wide receiver positions for all breakout. Garrett Wilson, welcome to the NFL. Put up big numbers on Sunday against the Browns. Joe Flacco and him had that connection. Next up, Amari Cooper for the Cleveland Browns. For some reason, Jacoby Brissett made him an over 100-yard receiver with a touchdown. That is nothing we can take lightly. And then wide receiver Drake London. We knew that he had potential to really break out. But Sunday against the Buccaneers, he hauled in the receptions to put him over the top to consider him all breakout for week two. Tight end spots. Irv Smith Jr. had majority of the receiving for the Vikings on Monday night against the Eagles. And then tight end Mike Kosicki. We're seeing him break out more for this Dolphins offense week in and week out. Look for him to get more involved. If you need a tight end, he's a good one to start. And then in the flex spot, Nelson Aguilar for the Pats. He came through leading receivers in that matchup as well for them. Um, Just an impressive performance. Hopefully you had him playing. Um, I would be playing him if I had him on my roster. Six receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Now, obviously, recipient of the touchdown, but anytime a receiver gets over 100 yards, they make it on that breakout. Now, the breakout lists obviously guys that we don't know if they're going to continue doing that week in and week out in most cases, but it's not. It's, we have to make note of that. Nelson Aguilar flex for this. And then defense special teams for all breakout goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, not allowing the Colts to score a point. That would have pushed you over the edge. Having that defense might be one to actually look at if they're on your waivers because they've got some playmakers there. And then for kicker, Brandon McManus for Denver. He had a lot of field goals. It just came with the territory of that ugly game that Denver played. Honorable mentions this week. Jalen Hurts obviously had himself a night on Monday with uh, going against the Vikings, passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, honorable mention for sure. He probably helped. If you were down on Sunday and you had Jalen Hurts playing, he probably put you over the edge. Next up, Cooper Cup. He's probably going to be somewhere along these lines every week. He wasn't one of the lead scorers, but he definitely put you over the edge in your matchup. Josh Allen showed up, showed out against the Titans. Christian Kirk, a lot of receptions against the Indianapolis Colts. Noah Brown, new honorable mention, probably more so a breakout guy, but just didn't have the numbers to get him completely in that territory. Um, He had 91 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh, He is... Most leagues, he's a free agent. You can pick him up going up against the Giants if you are in need of an emergency fill position there. Noah Brown, probably the most available guy out of this breakout uh, group. And then uh, Tyler Lockett, that reason why I'm putting him on the breakout, obviously he's established vet, but this is a completely different offensive situation than what he's used to. So credit to Geno Smith for finding him. Let's see if that'll continue. Um, Obviously, I feel like it's going to be difficult to gauge if it's going to be a Tyler Lockett game or a DK Metcalf game. 
but I feel like there's going to be weeks where either one of them could be a top receiver. So if you need to have a flyer for them, um, they're good collateral and they can be a great in an emergency situation if you need to start a receiver. But like we all know, probably not going to start a lot of that Seattle offense this year uh, in general. Then dynamic duos, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, just incredible connection with his receivers. It can be any given week, I feel like, for Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, or Gabe Davis, but obviously Gabe Davis didn't play this week. So the dynamic duos, they are the top tier. And then the next dynamic duos, or trio in this instance, for these for that game, Tua, Tungvaloa, Waddle, Tyreek Hill, obviously amazing connection there if you would have had that just having all three of those guys would have won you your week I don't know what type of person drafted all three of those guys but that is an option um it would have been very feasible in a draft to have all three of them potentially so credit to you if that's you um I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that every week but you could have on Sunday and then another trio we call Lamar Jackson, uh, Mark Andrews, and Rashad Bateman. Um, they came locked in, and they put up the numbers to help push people over the edge in their respective games. And then for the Dallas Cowboys, Noah Brown and Tony Pollard. They would have helped you exponentially. So those are our dynamic duos this week. I suppose you could also include... Well, I don't know who else to really include here from the same team standpoint that I feel comfortable starting. But in terms of the quarterback wide receiver stack, I guess, you know, Carson Wentz, Curtis Samuel is another potential dynamic duo worth looking out for. Um, that that seems to be a connection there as well. Um, I'll be anxious to see potentially if Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown become a potential stack or dynamic duo but we just don't see those yards from Goff to justify it. So those are four dynamic duos that I'm most intrigued by from this past weekend's results, and we'll look to see what they can do this coming Sunday. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right, let's start looking at these matchups going into week three of the NFL season. Starting things off on Thursday night, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cleveland to face the Browns. So let's start with Cleveland here. Only three options that I'm really interested in. Uh, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, and Kareem Hunt. I'm not buying any Jacoby Brissett. I'm not buying any David Njoku. Um, Cade York could be your kicker. Um, Browns defense. Uh yeah, I think they're a play. Although I do believe there's a there's quite a few injuries on that front. Um, I think Clowney and Garrett are out. 
So don't quote me on that, but watch out for it. That might be a reason to look somewhere else. I know it's Pittsburgh, and it's not like Pittsburgh is going to necessarily dominate them, but it might be a bigger uh, issue than it isn't. Uh, and I think Cleveland might have better offensive weapons, but we this game could look pretty ugly, similar to um, the Pittsburgh Patriots game. Um, but there also could be limited defenses, which could make it also uh, the likes of a uh, Dolphins-Baltimore matchup last weekend. So this could be interesting, depending on what we're looking at from these defensive sides of the ball for either team. Um, I think Steelers definitely have the better defense of the two teams, but I think Cleveland might have the better skill positions players. So something to watch out for. Just look at these injuries reports because that turnaround from Sunday to Thursday for these teams could have hit them hard. Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm starting. Deontay Johnson, I'm starting. Pat Fryermuth, starting. That's it. Pickens shouldn't even be on your roster anymore. If you have him, you're wasting roster spots. Chase Claypool, I don't know. Um, I think that's a pretty desperate start. I feel like there's better options out there right now. Um, We haven't seen it from him. Um, Yeah, and obviously Mitch Trubisky not starting. So that's all I have for that matchup. Just watch out for the defenses because they're going to be tempting to start. But Thursday night games usually bode better for offenses depending on the matchups. Next up, we'll go to the Sunday slate starting with New Orleans at Carolina. Um, so when it comes to the Saints, we're starting Michael Thomas. And I think it's time to start considering Chris Olave as a start, either as a well, either as a flex or um, as a starting receiver. Um, this is an early slate game, and one rule that I haven't talked about yet in fantasy, and I really should: when you have players that are playing in the early slate on Sunday or Thursday night, for example. You need to have them in the receiver or running back slots on your roster. You do not put them in the flex. This isn't, uh, oh, I want my supposedly best two players in my receiver position and then my worst potential option in my flex position because we want our flex position to be as flexible as possible. Keep flexes flexible. So you put your player in the flex, your skill position player, who has the latest game. So typically a Monday night player or a Sunday night player or a Sunday afternoon player. You want that flex to be flexible because on the off chance that that flex player is out for some weird injury, for example, Gabriel Davis, Gabe Davis, was he could have been one of those players that was locked into your receiver role on Monday night or flex role, you could have easily switched him out. Now, obviously... It doesn't matter. I understand. You can put any player you want there. But when you think about it from the perspective of, oh, shoot, like this guy doesn't play until Monday night. Why would I lock up my flex position with a player that is playing his game on Thursday when I could have that flex position mobile 
from the whole Sunday slate to Monday night. So just remember that if you're going to put Chris Olave in your lineup, you put him at the receiver position because I bet that you have another receiver that is playing later on Sunday, potentially. Obviously, everybody's lineup's different. That's just the rule that I've heard from a lot of the fantasy experts. It bodes well. It, it, it's been true no matter how you look at it. Keep your flex as flexible as possible for as long as you can. Don't put a player that's playing on Thursday night in your flex spot. You could jeopardize your chances of winning. So now back to Saints, uh, back to the Saints, not Saints, Falcons, Saints, Carolina game, uh, divisional game. Michael Thomas, start. Chris Olave, start or flex depending on your situation. Jameis Winston, not even looking at it, and I'm probably dropping him. Days are numbered. Jarvis Landry, just not there. Uh, not not getting the targets. Um, Juwan Johnson, I don't think so. I think there's better tight end options there. Um, and uh, who knows what Taysom Hill's role is going to be. A lot of Q tags on these guys today. This Yeah, on Wednesday, the 21st. So just watch out for that. Oh, my gosh. Love <laughs> Drew Brees down there. Man. All right, Carolina. We're starting Baker Mayfield. No, at, not Baker Mayfield. We're starting Christian McCaffrey, not starting Baker Mayfield. Um, we're starting Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Um, I don't know. Robbie Anderson, has, he's been getting way more involvement in this offense than I expected that he would. Um, it it would be a desperate start if you are playing him, but he is there. I don't think I would personally, but he's an option. Houston and Chicago, um, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks are viable start options, uh, depending on your receiver situation. Damian Pierce, potentially a start. I'm not calling it yet, though. And there's Rex Burkhead, too. I think I'm just, I don't know if I'm better off just steering away from this Texans run game or not. If I have nothing better to play, I feel like I have to go with one of those two. But I don't know who's going to get the lion's share of the carries because obviously they want to get Pierce involved. But what they did with week one with Rex Burkhead was strange too. Um, I'm not sure what to expect from that backfield. So if you can avoid it at all costs, do it. But if you have no other choice... Ah, Damian Pierce. All right. Um, Chicago, David Montgomery, start. Uh, and I don't think I have anybody else on this team that I'm starting. Cole Komet, drop. You're wasting a roster spot with him. He hasn't gotten a catch yet. If he gets a catch eventually, he'll still be there. I doubt that anybody's going to pick him up if he starts getting involved with the offense. There are way too many better tight end options out there right now to waste your the rest of your beginning of your season on Cole Komet. He, you you got to get points in, on that position. Darnell Mooney at the receiver spot. I just haven't been impressed with him. Um, yeah, wow. One reception for eight yards against San Francisco and one reception for negative four yards against the Packers. I drop potentially but who knows you might just want to stash him as well um 
or even just get a different receiver like Equiminius St. Brown. Um, Khalil Herbert, probably not starting. Hopefully you have better running back options. And that is Houston at Chicago. That's an ugly game, but somebody has to win it. Kansas City traveling to the 0-1-1 Indianapolis Colts. I want to say 0-2 Indianapolis Colts. That tie feels like a loss. Let's start with the Colts. You're starting Jonathan Taylor. You're starting Michael Pittman. He was back in practice today. Alex Pierce as well was back in practice today. So that's a good sign for those guys. Um, Alec Pierce, my bad. Um, I'm not sure if I'm starting Alec Pierce. If I'm if I feel like the opportunity's there, go for it. But I'm not necessarily uh, I'm not necessarily feeling it. Uh, Colts defense is all going to depend. It looks like uh, Jack Baird and DeForest Buckner are coming back, but I'm not confident that that defense is going to hold up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs very well. So if you can find uh, another defensive option. I wouldn't hesitate. Um, New York Giants, for example, they're available. I know they're playing Dallas, but who's to say that Dallas is going to come into New York and do what they did against Cincinnati? I feel like Brian Dable might have a little bit better of a coaching system than what they have in Cincinnati. So that is the Indianapolis Colts. Next up, Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, you're starting Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're starting Travis Kelsey. Desperate times, I understand that happens. My receiver option I think I'd go for is Justin Watson. I like his upside. Um, Nicole Hardman has a Q tag on him today, um, but I, if he's ready to go, he'll be ready to go. Chiefs defense, I don't know if I'm going to go with them. This game could potentially be high scoring. Um if that's up to you. Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, bench, not playing. Isaiah Pacheco, bench. Sky Moore, bench. I'm not looking for anybody else on this team except for Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Travis Kelsey. Jarek McKinnon's interesting as well. He could play. He is that second fiddle in the backfield. He might be flex-worthy if you need that. Um... Or if you need a RB2, desperate times, desperate measures. That's what we're looking for right now. If we're, you know, we're putting everything in a vacuum here with these matchups, saying that you have to start someone from this. So that is what we're looking at. Next up, Buffalo at Miami. That should be an interesting game uh, because this is the best team that Miami will have to have faced. So Buffalo. You're starting Stefan Diggs. You're starting Josh Allen. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm starting. Yeah, no, you're starting Bills defense. I think they have they can make things messy for Tua. Tyler Bass starting for kicker. Dawson Knox has a Q tag on him, but if he's ready to go, he'll be ready to roll, and they will get him the opportunities. Um, Gabe Davis. Has a Q take on him as well. Uh, let's wait and see. Uh, obviously, if he's good to go, you're playing him. Uh, if you need a flyer, say like an emergency flex, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder options as well, uh, if, uh, and even Jay Kumro. I found it funny how we were so like we thought Isaiah McKenzie would be the dude, but it's really been a split 
with him, Kumaro, and Crowder for who's getting that third receiver look. And that is it for Buffalo. So now let's bring it on down to Miami. Playing Tyree Kill, you're playing Jalen Waddle, you're playing Tua Tagovailoa, Mike Kosicki, you're playing him, Raheem Mostert. Um, if you have him, I would play him because it looks like they're going to play him until his wheels fall off in Miami. But it's kind of a, it's ba- it's very similar to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in that backfield for Cleveland. That's what it feels like with uh, Raheem Mostert and chase Edmonds. i'm not sure whose week it's going to be it was clearly not a chase Edmonds week last week but that doesn't mean that could change going into this game so be on your p's and q's for that um not uh, not playing rivercraft um yeah that's about it for the miami side of the equation so next up we have Detroit at Minnesota, lot to look forward to in this game from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, from Detroit side of it, you're playing Amon Ross St. Brown. Emergency, Jared Goff could be a good play. If DeAndre Swift's ready to go, ready to roll, you're playing him. Um, you're playing Jamal Williams. I feel like he is worth an RB2 start because of his role at the goal line um and he still plays like in the field too let's see here yeah um 12 carries 11 carries he's getting he's getting he's getting enough carries that if you needed to play him you could hopefully you may have better options but he will be around the end zone if they are in goal line scenarios dj chark tempting but i'm gonna pass tj hawkinson if he's ready to go he is your tight end uno um yeah outside of that i don't really see anything else uh uh yeah it's a noon game so kirk cousins will probably play a little bit better than he did in on monday night football so then let's go to the viking side of things Justin Jefferson had himself an off game on Monday night. Look for the Vikings to help him bounce back. Irv Smith Jr. on the tight end spot. That was an impressive. Uh, that was impressive what he did uh, against Philadelphia. I wonder if they're going to get him more involved in the offense after what they saw from him. Um, that should be interesting. Adam Thielen. I'm not feeling it with him right now he i don't know if it's i don't know if he's like older like kind of like what happened to jordy nelson later in his career um he just hasn't been there the way he used to be but at the same time i wonder if it's just the time of the season and his role might change as the season goes on Kirk Cousins, you could start worse quarterbacks than him this weekend. I think he'll bounce back. He's going to want to bounce back. And then Dalvin Cook, um, yeah, he's a starting running back. If you have him, you are starting him. So that is the Minnesota Vikings. Baltimore at New England. Let's take a quick look here. Baltimore Ravens, obviously. Lamar Jackson with a Q tag today. Wasn't a participant in practice, but he can take a day off. 
Mark Andrews, start. Rashad Bateman, start. Devin Duvernay, still showing a Q tag, had that concussion. If he's playing, I think he's a start because I think they're going to have to find creative ways to get multiple receivers involved against the Pats. Um, Demarcus Robinson is an interesting one to look at. Um, Let's see what happens there. I'm not sure if I'm taking any backfield players. J.K. Dobbins could see some playing opportunities, so watch out for that. I'm not looking at Kenyon Drake or Mike Davis, though. Um, Stay away from that backfield like your life depends on it. All right. Then we can go over to the New England side where we are starting Nelson Aguilar. We are starting Jacoby Myers, especially in PPR formats. We are starting Damian Harris. And if we want to, we are flexing Ramondre Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne if we're desperate. Patriots defense, I'm not sure if they can withstand Lamar Jackson's ability. And I highly doubt you are playing Mac Jones. Devontae Parker did not have a point last week. He could get involved, but I don't think they'll need him. I don't think they will need him to win. Um, Next up, Cincinnati, New York Jets. So let's take a quick look here. T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, uh, Evan McPherson, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Hayden Hurst. That's who I'm starting from this team. Hayden Hurst does have a Q tag today. Um, Looks like he had a groin injury and was limited in practice. So we shall see what to expect from him. Um, If he's playing, it seems like Joe Burrow likes targeting him. So you can have worse tight end starters. Um, Yeah, you could have David Njoku. So that is a very good option at tight end. Next up, New York Jets. Now, I'm very interested in New York Jets right now just from the way they've been playing the past two weeks. You're playing, I think you got to play Garrett Wilson. You got to give him a chance this week. Um, If you're in need of an emergency quarterback, I'd give Joe Flacco a shot. I'm not playing Corey Davis. I am considering playing Brees Hall. Michael Carter as well. Um, Good RB2 options. Tyler Conklin. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's a worthwhile free agent pickup for a tight end on waivers. So it all depends on what your team needs. And then Elijah Moore. So... Honestly, that's tough. I, I'm wondering if Garrett Wilson is taking some of Elijah Moore's targets away because he's just the better player. He's more open. Defenses are giving him more opportunities. Um, it's all going well, well, no, uh, I guess as time carries on. But that's what I'm looking at from the New York Jets side of things. I'm willing to give some of these guys opportunities against this Bengals team that's pretty beat up. Not that I'm saying start the New York Jets defense, but um, I think that there's offensive opportunity here. 
And CJ Uzama has a Q tag, makes Tyler Conklin look like a very tempting start this weekend. Next up, we have Vegas at Tennessee. And uh, you have to give um, Devontae Adams the start here, despite his performance last week. That is not indicative of who he is as a player, as we all know. Hunter Renfro, still with a Q-take from that concussion. I bet he might be a game-time decision. Yeah, concussion. Darren Waller starting. Derek Carr, interesting potential start here just due to the fact of what Tennessee has been the past couple of weeks. So if you are in need of a quarterback, Derek Carr is not a bad decision. I I bet he wants to show that he can perform better too. Um, But yeah, it's all going to depend on what you might already have. So... Josh Jacobs, it's grim, but you drafted him where you drafted him, and I think you have to you you have to lie in the bed you made. So you have to play him on the off chance that he has a good game. I'm not anticipating it'll be a great game, but it should be serviceable, you hope. And then let's go over to the Tennessee side. You're playing Derrick Henry, and I think I'm playing playing Robert Woods but don't quote me on that I don't think I'm playing Ryan Tannehill ever Hooper is an interesting tight end pickup he's available in most leagues um he is gonna have to get more involved I feel like down the stretch but they just haven't shown willingness to throw to him all the time Josh Gordon no um yeah that's it for the Titans side of it I'm not really sure. Obviously, like you think Traylon Burks would be getting more opportunities. Um, three receptions against the Giants, four receptions against the Bills. Uh, yeah, it's all going to depend on what you're down to clown with there. I don't know if I'm taking much of this Tennessee roster outside of Derrick Henry personally. You wouldn't be where you'd you you'd probably be better off benching everybody else and just riding with Derrick Henry if you have him. Just can't tell you who's gonna produce there. Next up, Philadelphia at the Commanders of Washington. Jalen Hurts, he's your starting quarterback. I think I'm playing Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Eagles defense if I have them. Uh, Miles Sanders is a must start. Yeah, a lot of good options there for Philly. Um, Quez Watkins, uh, yeah, he had the big play on Monday night, but I don't know if that's a consistent uh, component of his game because he's not garnering the target share that some of the other receivers have. Yeah, he had zero receptions against Detroit the previous week. So I feel like you can take a pass on him. I mean, so did Devontae Smith, though. But I feel like Devontae Smith garners way more targets than Quez Watkins. It's all going to depend on what the defense is giving the Eagles. Um, And I should expect that the run game will be 
pretty good for them this week. Not that I'm going out there and picking up Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott and just hoping that one of them gets a touchdown also, but um, it might be worth looking into if in an emergency circumstance. Next up, uh, Washington Commanders. I'm playing Carson Wentz. I'm playing Curtis Samuel. I'm playing Jahan Dotson. Uh, that's about it right now. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, if you have them, you're playing them, although the guarantees aren't necessarily there from a two-game sample size the way we want them to be. Um, but they are touchdown potential. And, yeah, and then... Logan Thomas had a great game. Uh, well, he is touchdown beneficiary. So three receptions, 37 yards, and the touchdowns, what got him that. I think he'll be targeted, though. Looks like Carson Wentz has been getting the ball out pretty well to all the guys who are pass catchers. Yeah. Season stats so far, 57 for 87, 65-yard percent, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah, Carson's getting the opportunity to air this ball out. So Logan Thomas isn't the worst uh, start at the uh, tight end position. And that is the 1 o'clock slate. That's, well, not the 1 o'clock. It's different depending on your time zone. Um, in central time zone so that's noon for me but um yeah one o'clock eastern time and that's our early slate so next up we'll go to the afternoon games starting off with jacksonville versus the la chargers it's this one is in sofi stadium and Jacksonville, I'm starting Christian Kirk. I don't think I'm going Trevor Lawrence, though. Evan Ingram at the tight end spot is interesting. Um, also, Jaguars defense, maybe not in this game, but in future matchups, they're, they're going to be feisty. So I'm going to be keeping my eyes on them after their performances the, that they've shown up the past two weeks. Six sacks uh, and five interceptions. So, yeah, that's one to watch out for from a defensive perspective. James Robinson starting running back. Travis Etienne is not the dude back there yet, Um, nor do I know if he'll ever be. So I don't think I am playing him unless I don't have... A lot of options, or I'm in a league that has multiple flexes. That's the only instance I see myself starting. But James Robinson, fantasy starter. Next up, going over to the Charger side of things, you're obviously playing Justin Herbert. Despite his rib injuries, he is a must-start. If you have him, Mike Williams, must-start. Austin Eckler, must-start. Josh Palmer, I think you. if you have multiple flexes, you can give him a start. Don't think I'm giving him that starting wide receiver spot. Gerald Everett is a start. DeAndre Carter is a waiver pickup if you're desperate. Dustin Hopkins, kicker. And then defense, yes, I am playing their defense. And that is that for that matchup. Next up, we have Atlanta at Seattle. 
Woof. This is one of those games where you're thinking, well, it's a matchup and somebody has to win it. Drake London, start. He's getting the targets that you can confidently say he is a must start. Five targets for week one, eight targets for week two. And he did that against the Rams with a touchdown, 12 targets. So yeah, I'm starting Drake London. Not starting Falcons defense, not starting Marcus Mariota, Cordero Patterson. He's a start probably if you have him for your RB2. Youngway Koo, uh, hmm. Seattle and kickers, I don't know. I don't think I'm going for him. Um, Kyle Pitts, I know it stinks what Kyle Pitts owners have been going through. Uh, the past two weeks, just not what you're expecting. He has to, they have to figure out a way to get him the ball more. Um, otherwise, he's just the most expensive decoy in all of football. And then Tyler Algier, uh, not yet. I'm tempted, but not yet. With Cardo, with Cardo Patterson back there, his, uh, his. Outcome is going to be limited um, just because of how good Patterson is in those key game situations where the plays are made. For Seattle, I'm starting Tyler Lockett. Um, I'm starting DK Metcalf, but I'm doing it cautiously. So if I have other options, I might take advantage of that instead. Uh, Kenneth Walker... Man, I wish I could say more about this. Uh, I wish I could say more about this rush attack in Seattle. Let me take a quick peek here because I just don't think that it's a good option at all. Um, yeah, I am just, I'm just not confident in Atlanta's defense, although they did put up points uh they had a safety against the rams block uh yeah if i yeah all right i'm going to say this if you want to and if you need a defense atlanta's defense is tempting against seattle seahawks it is very tempting but don't say that you got that for me this is only if you needed an emergency all right next up green bay at Tampa Bay, the Bays, the Battle of the Bays. All right, so Green Bay, obviously, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, um, defense, maybe, um, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, RB2 for A.J. Dillon because you'd never know when he'll go off. Um, and then the wide receivers, I'm not confident in any of them yet. Alan Lazard could have himself a day, but it's all going to depend on what the opportunities look like for him. Um, Aaron Rodgers will key him for touchdowns, though, in goal line opportunities. So he was still limited with his ankle at practice today. Um, Randall Cobb was looked also uh, illness. He'll be okay. Christian Watson was out hamstrings so fast person injury 
And then Sammy Watkins, probably just given some of these receivers a rest hamstring as well. So I guess Sammy Watkins could be a flyer if you need somebody like that, but I'm not desperate for this Packers receiving core. And it's funny because Tampa Bay might have a worse receiving core situation than the Packers. So if I'm the Buccaneers, I am considering starting their defense because their defense has been very good. Um, Obviously, last week they led the fantasy most platforms in defensive points. So I'm playing them against the Packers because the Packers don't play well, traditionally speaking, in Florida, if we're going to go by recent history bias. Um, Starting Ryan Suckup at kicker. Leonard Fournette is the key to victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to be getting the ball a lot. I'm playing him. Um, Tom Brady, I'm playing him, but I don't know what to expect. Um, Chris Godwin had a cue tag today. Um, He's held out of practice. If he plays, I feel like you want to start him, but... Everybody's saying it'll be another week for him. Um, Russell Gage could be an interesting play, limited in practice. If he plays, he's a start, I feel like, just because you need that production. I don't know if I'm starting Brashad Perryman um, just because I don't think he can do that with three receptions again. Uh, I like Scotty Miller a lot, but... He's also limited in his capacities. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then Julio is also there. He was injured last week. Um, Wow, all these receivers with their cues. Uh, Stay away from Tampa Bay wide receivers unless you're confident on Sunday that you think that Julio Jones is going to be playing or one of the other guys is going to be catching passes. There's, I don't have much confidence here in any player outside of Leonard Fournette and Tom Brady. Um, obviously, Mike Evans suspended from the fight last weekend, so you're not playing him, but it's just frustrating all around because you wanted production there, but there's no there there. Who knows who Tom Brady gets involved um, right, so then Sunday night football, San Francisco at Denver. This should be an interesting game. I think Denver needs this W for Russell Wilson to prove that he is the dude. Jimmy G also needs a W, though. Jimmy G, not the worst quarterback start. He's projected not to do all that well, but I think he might do better than what he's getting credit for. Um, Debo Samuel must start. Jeff Wilson, RB2 option there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, good receiver option, good wide receiver two for a roster or a flex, depending on uh, where your roster is shaking out. George Kittle could be back, although I'm not certain as to what to expect from his production level. He was growing, limited participant in practice as of Wednesday, so... Uh, who knows what'll happen? Marlon Mack got uh, brought up as well. They need depth. They need depth. 
Jordan Mason's been a name too that gets thrown around a lot, but um, who knows what to expect from him. 49ers defense, tempting, tempting to play. We'll see what happens though, ultimately. I think I'll play them in one of my leagues because I'm I don't know what Russell Wilson I'm getting week in and week out. He's so unpredictable lately. Um just a lot of newness in that Denver building though from the coaching standpoint. Russell Wilson um you got to think they're going to figure it out with the experience that all those people have around football and Russell being a starting quarterback for as long as he's been. But so far it's just been oil and water it feels like what they plan during the week they just can't it's probably like a planning thing where like they game plan for so much during the week and then when sunday comes around it's just not there so next up with the denver broncos you're playing Cortland sutton you're playing russell wilson in the off chance he does get it together and then you're playing javante williams melvin gordon could be a good flex jerry judy is bad or not uh all right ribs won't practice wednesday so i am willing to wager he is not going to play this weekend which makes i think it's hamler uh receiving option as well but he also had something happen to him hip i don't think he's going to play either this weekend all right, so that leads us to interesting places. Um, potentially Albert O, but I'm not banking on it. This is a tough one. This is a real tough one. Man, uh, wide receivers for the Denver Broncos just can't seem to catch a break. Kendall Hinton, Tyree Cleveland. We're going to see some no-names get involved here this weekend. Not that, I'm not trying to call them no-names. Like, they're NFL players and they're right, but, like, they just don't know who they are. And nobody's going to have them on their fantasy team. So, relevance there, you just got to hope that Russell can produce in some capacity. Now, moving over to the NFC East matchup for Monday Night Football, we have Dallas and... Giants. So Dallas going into New York. Noah Brown is attempting start. Tony Pollard, CD Lamb. I'd be willing to start those guys along with Ezekiel Elliott. Dalton Schultz, depending on his injury status. Um, still questionable. PCL sprain. Ooh, not long term, but. We'll see what he needs. In the words of... Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Gallup, knee. Just take a full slate of reps this week. So that should be good for Gallup, potentially. Um, yeah, so Gallup could be a good play. It'll, let's just wait and see what will happen during the game. I don't know if I'm taking any waivers on Cooper Rush, but I am playing that Cowboys defense. Then we'll switch things up over to the New York Giants side of things. Um, Not playing Dale Jones. Saquon, yes. I think Sterling Shepard's a play. I think you got to play him. 
Um, New York's New York's defense too. That could be an interesting play as well as we don't know what to expect 100% from this Dallas offense. Obviously, Dallas was able to pull it off against Cleveland. And I'm not saying that Giants are like going to beat Dallas, but it's noteworthy that Giants are finding ways to win. And you can't tell. I think that Tennessee might be a little bit better than Dallas, but I don't think they're much different. So with that being said, I think you could play the New York Giants defense against this Dallas Cowboys offense and come out with a couple of points. It's like I said, it all depends on what you need, but there's there's opportunity there. Um, and then in terms of other skill position players for the Giants, uh, Richie James, he's interesting. Um He's been getting targeted. He's just 10 targets between the past two games for a little over 50 yards each week. So it's not inconceivable that he is somebody that is flourishing in this offense, but it he would might be someone I'd rather roster and stash in the off chance that he does boom or, but I'm not confident in his abilities. So Richie James, one to watch out for and roster if you need to fill a spot on your bench with potential. So that is it for this upcoming weekend slate of games. Uh, I hope that my analysis helps in some capacity. Just remember what I talked about initially with the flex positions. I'm seeing a lot of people doing it in my leagues that I'm in. Just you got to keep your flex positions flexible. And that's just kind of some news that or well, just not news, but like, you know, a little trick or tip that will help you win in your respective fantasy leagues. So remember that Thursday night football, don't flex your players. If you're playing three wide receivers, especially do not put a wide receiver in your flex position on Thursday night, avoid it in the noon, the, the avoid it in the initial NFL slate on during the day on Sunday. And I would keep your flex players from that afternoon slot to Monday night, keep them between there. So uh, with that being said, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it today. Follow us at FSM underscore fantasy on Twitter and join us on phantomsportsindustries.com for more news about football, basketball, all the sports. Um, I know I sound really like a, you know, pretty... Uh, <laughs> Uh, gullible American there just watch my football and my basketball my baseball I'm not actually a baseball fan as much as some people so nobody really cares about what I have to say about that because this is fantasy football podcast so with that being said you all get back to the rest of your days and I hope you have a good one peace